Hello and welcome along to All for United. It is Tuesday's edition of the United Daily. As ever, if you're watching this anywhere that isn't our YouTube channel, come over and join our big red community. It'd be great to have you. It'd be great to get more Reds involved having their say and joining our little pub-like <coughs> discussions here where we sit down virtually and have a chat with fellow United fans, pundits, ex-professionals, uh, and of course, those out there that love to have an opinion on our club. So make sure you come and join us, youtube.com forward slash all for United. I do this show every lunchtime, Monday to Friday, and I'm so excited about this one today because I'm joined as ever. Henry, we don't do as many shows together at the moment because I know I don't do much of the match reaction stuff, but Karthik always wants you on that match reaction show, as does Joe on, on World of Res, etc. So it's good to have your company this uh, this afternoon. And also Peter Bolton, who is probably the Manchester United fan that everyone wishes they were. Home, yeah. away, <laughs> youth teams... Just Peter is there all the time. And he was saying to me before, you know, some people obviously have to shoehorn football into their life. Peter's so passionate. He works his life around the club. And I think that is absolutely phenomenal. Peter, um, all I can do is salute you and all the amazing stuff you do as a United fan. And um, and it's great to have you on because I also know that one of your passions <coughs> is watching United at youth team level. So to kickstart this conversation, we're going to talk a lot about our youth team. We're going to have a look at the stars of tomorrow and some of the players coming through are under 23 and under 18. We're going to talk with Henry, see how that might impact the future of the first team. But we've got to start with a breaking news that Mason Greenwood is one of our own, has signed a new long-term contract. It'll run up to 2025. Um, Peter, the club is known for rewarding the youngsters with new contracts as and when they deserve them. Sort of something Ollie's brought back when we, you know, went for a stage of just handing out ludicrous contracts to everyone. Um, what are your thoughts? What's your reaction to Greenwood signing that new contract? Well, I didn't even know it was due a new contract, but I'm really pleased he's got one. And it, nothing surprised me about it. He's been at United since he was knee-high to a grasshopper. I don't know, when he was six or seven or eight or whatever the, the figure is. I didn't even know he'd signed it until you've just told me now. But um, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. It, he was the standout uh, when he, you know, at the 16s and 17s. I mean, I remember watching him. We were playing against Chelsea. when Chelsea had won the FA Youth Cup for you know, five or six years on the bounce or they, they got to the final about eight years running and uh, we were playing at Lee and Chelsea were probably the better team but Mason Greenwood scored a fantastic hat-trick and United won 4-3 um, and I think this was like the, the first time we were in the third round I think it was and, uh, you know, just absolutely blew Chelsea away on his own and, um, you know, Chelsea were so... You know, I, I, we were sat behind on the, the side that opens at Lee and we were behind their dugout and they were absolutely gutted. They'd been in ever so many finals on the run. They won most of them. And then the first game of the next year's Youth Cup, which was the third round, they got blown away by uh, Mason Greenwood all on his own. Not on his own, he had 10 other players around him, but, you know, mm -hmm. he scored the, the goals. And, uh, you, you know, some players you can see are going to make it. Some players you think are going to make it and they don't for unknown reasons, whether they just don't come on. Um, some of them, they don't come on. I don't know why. So, you know, you can go back many, many years and see, I've seen players, you know, I think going back to the 80s, you saw Hughes and Whiteside in our youth team and they were both built like men when they were 16 or 17 and not only were they better than the opposition, they were bigger and tougher and they just you know, blew them away. But since then, we've seen lots and lots of players come through and we think, yeah, they're going to make it, they're going to make it. And for some reason, whether it's an injury at the um, time when they're supposed to be kicking on a bit, whether it's the growth spurts and they just don't grow to where they're supposed to be, I don't know. But mm -hmm. Mason, oh, yes. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd still, I mean, maybe not over Cavani, I think Cavani's the man at the moment, but Greenwood's okay on the right. But I, I feel sure that in the not too distant future, Greenwood will be the num you know the number nine. I mean, whatever numbers on his back, he'll be the centre forward, as we used to say um, at the front there. And I think having Cavani there now, showing him um, what to do, where to move, and all the rest of it, can only help him. 
And, so, and I think I think that's a perfect point as well there, Peter, in terms of his improvements. Henry had a slow start to the season, didn't he, after some controversy during the summer? And there's no denying he was phenomenal last season in that run that we went on. He was a key part of that front three. Uh, Henry, do you think that um, do you think that that's a contract well deserved? And what's your reaction to to him getting the new contract this afternoon? Yeah, I think you know, I think the contract is definitely deserved. I think you know, a, a lot of United fans would would struggle to sort of argue with that. You know, people may point to sort of his, as you say, the beginning of season form and say, you know, why is he being rewarded for, for that sort of form? But I think, you know, I don't see any bad reason in giving him a contract. You know, he's a young player. We know the talent he's got. You know, Project Restart, I think, was a perfect illustration of, you know, his capabilities. Um, you know, a phenomenal finisher on both feet. You know, he's, he's good at, you know, the step overs that we've always seen from him coming in and coming in off the right, which is where we've sort of commonly seen him. Um, you know, he's got so much to his game group. And I think as of recent, he's really sort of... Um, become a bit more well-rounded I think you know I think Project Restart was a good show of his finishing and clinical nature but I think as of recent we've seen a bit more than that. I think the Libwe FA Cup game was a, was a good example you know obviously scored a fantastic goal and sets up Rashford as well and I think you know him and Rashford have both gone have gone down a similar path in that they've you know maybe their output has perhaps pulled back a bit and we'd like to see a bit more in that sense but I think they're all round play you know both of them has, has massively improved and um, you know I think that's sort of prevalent with Greenwood whether, what sort of role he's got playing forward, uh, sort of going forward at United, I mean, we'll have to see. I think, you know, a lot of people do point towards, you know, him becoming a centre-forward, um, as sort of Pete said there, and, uh, you know, perhaps the, the successor to uh, to Cavani with obviously you know, a lot of doubts around Martial at the minute as well. But, um, no, I, I do like him coming off the right, to be honest. I think, you know, a lot of people are quite sold on him as sort of being a centre-forward. But I think as an inside forward, I think he offers quite a lot. You know, the both-footedness is fantastic. You know, when he sort of could cut in on his left um, or go to the near post with his right. Uh, I think, you know, this new playmaking sort of attributes that we're seeing through his game as well is a, is a massive plus. So I think good headache to have going forward to, to have Greenwood and not knowing what his, his best position will end up being. Uh, hopefully he can become, you know, a, a specialist in which in whichever sort of position we, we decide to go with. But um, yeah, I think it's definitely deserved. And obviously, you know, we'll see how long a career he's got going forward at the club because I think, you know, we're all aware of the talent he's got. Yeah, 100%. Like, Peter, I want to come back to you in a second just about some of your earliest memories of Mason Greenwood, actually. You mentioned one game there against Chelsea uh, where he was terrific and he scored that hat-trick. But Henry, just, just to come over and reflect back on, on a point Peter made a second ago, um, mm. when it comes to players and young players, you like to see that they've got room for improvement. But whilst we can make excuses for improvement, it's down to them to carry that burden and improve. Um, I definitely think, as Peter pointed out, since Cavani's come in, we have seen a different Mason Greenwood. He looks a little bit more lively off the shoulder of the defender. He's making little runs and he just seems a little bit more confident since the turn of the year. Um, do you feel like you've seen evidence of, of improvements in his play for Mason Greenwood? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, not not just the movement aspect, which, of course, you, you're going to learn a lot off Eddings and Cavani, who's arguably, for me, you know, the, the best movement on the planet, you know, that I've seen from a striker, which may sound like exaggeration, but genuinely, if you watch him off the ball, some of the things he does getting off the back of the shoulder and coming near post and, you know, the, the darting runs that he makes are fantastic. Um, so you're always going to get that movement. But I think, you know, as I sort of alluded to a minute ago, it's, it's the all-round play I've been impressed with Greenwood, you know, the sort of passing, the picking the killer pass, you know, not trying too much as well. I, think, I just think he's really outcome more, I think, assured and a bit more sort of professional and, and matured in the way that he's playing. I think, you know, we saw aspects last season of, of maturity anyway. You know, he was never an immature sort of player. There was no um, sort of show pony, uh, as it's sort of the phrase that we've sort of come to know at United with certain players, you know, in their young years. But um, we, don't, we didn't see any of that. He was always clinical. He was always well-rounded. And now he's he proven that even further. But, um, yeah, and I think you can see clear examples, you know, on the pitch of interactions, uh, you know, between between Cavani and Green. That was another good example. I think, you know, it was... Greenwood, you know, could have could have uh, passed it off maybe or squared it, and he has a go, and you can see Cavani sort of gesturing to him. Great to see. I mean, it's, it's absolutely great to see, and I think you know that that's why I, I always need to put it back to Cavani because I'm a massive Cavani fan. But I think you know that's the sort of um, you know the massive pluses that that uh, a mature sort of older experienced head, you know, those sort of signings c can have. And I think you know that that has um, absolutely. I think you're spot on. That's that's definitely had a, had a positive impact on on Greenwood. And as you say, you know, the burdens on you know there, there's a lot of responsibility on him now. You know, we've seen. Many a talent at United sort of um, get to a certain stage and then and not be able to sort of further that career, whether that's for you know personal reasons or you know <coughs> uh, you know diet or whatever it is. You know, there's always these factors that come into consideration. But um, hopefully, hopefully Greenwood can sort of keep his eyes, you know, directly on football and just um, sort of hit the potential that we know he can because you know we've seen sort of the 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 class and the talent that the lads got.
Yeah, discipline's so important, isn't it? And, mm. and look, he's an established first-team player now, Peter. You've watched him come through the ranks. Um, it'd be yeah. interesting to hear from you, like reading back on his statistics, actually, when I saw the contract news. If we just go back to his, because really he he skipped a level, didn't he? He played a few games for yeah. the under-23s, but, but didn't really play a lot there. Um, he mainly came through from the under-18s and, and got promoted straight out to the senior team. I mean, I don't know how much we can take away from the, from the youth leagues, but when you look at the goal-scoring record for him, even just in the under-18 Premier League, I think it's on like 31 goals in 30 games. <laughs> nine assists as well he averaged yeah. a goal contribution like two he averaged 2.2 goal contributions every game yeah. at youth uh, level which is crazy right. mm. well, i mean what uh we were just saying then is is so two-footed that i don't even think he knows which you know i mean most people know that if you write with your right hand you're right-handed or might be your left hand but i mean i think it was liverpool away we saw him he took a penalty with one foot and scored and then he took a free kick with the other foot from outside the box and scored that one and we thought well, what's he doing you know what which is your best foot but he obviously thought well if i take this with me left but if they're both as good as each other and he took this one with the, with the other foot whichever one it was and you know put it into the top corner type thing and and that's got to be a plus because the defender doesn't know you know i mean say it's luke shaw going down the wing you know he's only got one foot and you know ryan giggs scored the odd goal with his right foot but i mean they was they're so left-footed you would think you know i always said about valencia that when he was younger you know say 14 or 15 why didn't he practice with his left foot because he was so right-footed and you think that if you're the best in your school which you went on to be a professional you'd think you'd be able to kick it with your left foot but mm-hmm. he'd always have to you know, if he beat his man on the, the wrong side, he'd always have to double back on himself. And that's something we don't have to worry about with Mason. He's got two feet and they're both very good. You know, he's he's blasted them in for, with both feet, curl them around with both feet. You know, so the defender doesn't know, you know, he can't think, I'll go on, keep, keep him off his left foot because that's the only foot he's got. So that's a very, very big advantage when you're in the box that the defender doesn't know which way you're going to go when you can basically go either way so that's uh, a definite plus in his thing but yeah i mean the other thing um going back a, f- a few years um <clears throat> i uh i went it was at one of these champions league under 19s away somewhere went to watch the champions league but in the afternoon the under 19s played and he was playing and i was stood next to somebody and this somebody was chatting to me and he was an Englishman so I knew he was something to do with United I don't know what and Mason had only just got promotion into this under 19s team which you know he was playing under 18s and um, Chong and Gomez were playing in the under 23s so they'd obviously been practicing a lot and this chap said to me he said uh, oh Mason's not too happy he said every time there's a, a better ball to me Chongi passes it to Gomez or Gomez passes it to Chongi when the, the ball would be to him. He said it so that they're such big mates, they're, they're missing me out a bit. And, you know, I, I remembered that and look where they are now. You know, neither of Chong and Gomez have actually made it to the United first team as a regular, whereas Greenwood's got goals and goals and so many appearances. You know, like he's overtaken them both. I mean, they're both, all three of those are going to make careers out of football. But yeah. talking just of United, uh, Greenwood's going to make a good career. I expect he's going to make a good career. Whereas Gomez has gone to pastures new and Chongi's still on the verge of, you know, he's tried it at uh, one club, didn't get in the team sub every week. Now he's gone to Club Bruges, I think. And he's still not playing every game. You know, it's is, is it mm-hmm. just, is he not coming on as much as what Mason has? And so pleased to see Rashi and Mason coming on like they have yeah, can I can I add to that as well, Peter? We said earlier on how old is it actually is he now. You probably feel like you've been watching him for years because <laughs> uh, you literally have done. Is um is is he's nineteen still? 19, it's nineteen. Yeah, it's not twenty. No. It's in October. Yeah, so he's nineteen and not even a half. Yes, that's... No. And and, yeah. and do you know what? 82 games for the first team, 21 goals, 10 assists. 
Yeah. He's 19 years old. 19, yeah. That's well, that... bonkers. Because even in my head, Henry, the next question I was going to come over and say to you was, um, you know, obviously uh, Mason Greenwood, he looks like, and Peter, you might, we might hit on this a little bit more after we, we've gone to Henry with you. Um, he, 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 from from his journey into the first team, he's a number nine. He's an actual striker. And we all talk about him being an actual striker because he's so two-footed. Uh, at the younger levels, he seemed to be built to be able to take on the defenders. Then maybe now he needs to bulk up a bit more to hold off defenders and play more uh, off a man. But, um, with Greenwood, he's still only 19. I was going to say to you, if Greenwood comes on, how does he affect our future transfer plans? Because United are always linked with strikers, one being Haaland. You know, it, it, do we need to take the punt and give Greenwood his chance at nine before we go in the market? Or do you think whatever happens, we still have to go in that market and we play Greenwood a around that striker? Uh, I, th I think it sort of all depends on, um, on his development, to be honest. You know, I think, you know, he's still... You know, obviously, we know how good he is, and I'm not using this to demean him in, in any way, because I think, you know, we can see, and I've mentioned the attributes, the two-footedness is obviously an incredibly special sort of thing to have for a, for a player, and especially a striker who, who's then, you know, massively unpredictable in front of goal with that sort of attribute. But I, I don't think he's quite there in being our, in our, our starting number nine. I think most would agree with that. And I think that's probably why we're seeing a lot of him on the uh, sort of on the right is because obviously you know the right the right wing position has been a, a big problem um, for United over the years, probably since, you know, <laughs> Di Maria perhaps haven't had a natural right right winger at the club and hence he's been sort of shoehorned out there. Um, obviously now a bit different with sort of um, Ahmad Diallo as well, who's obviously you know performing well um, sort of at the youth levels and, and we'll have to see you know how long it'll be before he starts getting sort of uh, edge, edged in. Uh, but with regards to transparency, I think it's definitely always in the conscious of, of, of especially a club like Manchester United who are so sort of intrinsically connected to the youth and youth development you know it's always something that'll be in the back of their minds you know they've got to be you know they will always be wanting to try and promote youth where possible and i think you know if greenwood's development you know can sort of continues and and can really skyrocket in the next sort of season or two then yeah it will it will affect them i don't know you know i'd still like to see us personally go and sign um um, Erling Haaland. I think Erling Haaland is absolutely unbelievable. Obviously, knows Oli very well and a player I, I wanted when when sort of he left uh, left Salzburg, but obviously didn't, didn't come to fruition in the end. He went to Dortmund, but hopefully we can sort of see him come to United next. And the only reason I sort of say that is because I think, you know, with youth players, one thing that, that's been quite good, I think, since Oli's been in charge with the youth is that we haven't been overly reliant on them. I think, you know, especially this season when we've now built a very good squad, you know, it's, it's taken a couple of, couple of years now. We've had a sort of shaky squad where, you know, youth players perhaps uh, being played, you know, overplayed uh, and overexposed. You know, Brandon Williams, perhaps last season, as an example, you know, was, was playing a lot of a lot of football when, you know, we could have done with you know a bit more depth in this season. Obviously, we've added to that by getting Tellez and and you know Shaw's been incredible and, and fit, etc. So I think you know when you sort of bolster your squad and bolster the first team, I think that's really really beneficial to the, to the youth. And I think you know you look back at sort of Louis van Gaal's time at United, and you think you know the squad wasn't so strong, and then you get these youth players who are being sort of it's almost forced up into the senior levels. You know, you think of Tyler Blackett and Paddy McNair and, you know, Donald Love played a couple of games, I think. Balthwick uh, Jackson was another one. Yeah, Balthwick Jackson, exactly. Guillermo Varela. You know, there's, there's loads of names <laughs> that Van House sort of shoehorned forward. And they never made a career for themselves, unfortunately, due to the sort of over-reliance on them. And, you know, Adnan Yanazai as well, similarly, a player that I was a massive fan of at United and obviously didn't didn't make it in the end. But I think that's one uh, a positive. I think you've just got to keep bolstering the, the first team. And when you have that, you can then, you know, you can play the youth players uh, sort of, you know, here and there, you know, in cup games, etc. I think I think that's what's best for their development is not overplaying them, which I think, you know, is, is a benefit we've now got with the squad now. Yeah, I think also looking at this, you mentioned Yanazai's name, obviously the game against Sausage mm. coming up. Uh, Greenwood loves a goal in the Europa League, five mm. in nine and two assists as well. So fingers crossed he can bag a yeah. couple uh, on Thursday. Peter, fi final part to, to play on, on Greenwood, I think, here, because I want to dig into some other youth players who are currently coming through the academy in the ranks. And me and Henry both want to learn a little bit more about your thoughts on them. Um, with Greenwood, for you, is he an actual number nine? Is he a future United striker? And, and how far can he go? In terms of talent you've seen come through the academy over the years, how big a talent could Mason Greenwood be? He could be a big talent. We've said that with so many players, though. And to me, he's one of the, the best that's come through lately. You just need, you know, things to go for you. There's a lot of... of players. I mean, like we've said with Adnan Yanazai, then things were going for him. And then I've just read this morning that he reckoned Louis van Gaal sort of forced him out. And, and I, I don't know where it came, but if if all things were fair for, for Mason and injuries and things like that, and it also depends. I mean, like we're saying, if United signed Haaland, does that mean Cavani's 
not playing or we're going to have both of those in the team at the same time or in the squad at the same time and where does that leave Mason right because I don't think Mason's up to the quality of putting the ball in the back of the net as Haaland is at the moment Haaland's probably got a couple of years older than he is Cavani for the experience but I mean if you're buying Haaland does that mean we're selling uh, Martial sort of thing you know I mean you've the progression of the football club is always bringing in better players or uh, pushing youth team players through, uh, which, you know, like Sir Alex did in 90, whatever it was, 96, wasn't it? He won't win anything with, with youth team players. I mean, if Twitter was around then and we'd got rid of Vince and Konchelskis and was it Hughes as well and, and bringing in some youth team players, it, there would have been absolute meltdown. And yet we come, we lose the first game and go on to win the title quite easily at the end and you know and it's just sometimes there's a bit of luck but sometimes the manager or the coaches see something in these players that yes they're going to they're do it I mean nobody I don't think would have said that the, the, the six that they call the class of 92 which was really from three different youth teams because Giggs was a year older and Phil Neville was two years younger so they were never all in the same youth team but I don't think anybody would have thought, or you know, all those six would come through, and there were more than that anyway. You know, at the same time, if you get one or two players through a youth team, and the last ten years, there's twenty players you know, that are going to come through. So it mm-hmm. is, but you just need a bit of luck. Of you know, I've seen players. I mean, let's just say the two Keen twins uh, when they were coming through. If you'd have asked every single youth team fan and coach, we all knew that the centre forward. Uh, Will Keane was looked a better player than the centre half, Michael Keane, right? Mm-hmm. And we all knew that Will Keane would probably make it, and you know, set as a centre forward better than the centre half. He gets a bad knee injury, and it's now. Don't ask me where he is now. Is he somewhere Wigan or something like that? Do you know, Plan, Peter? Plans trade there, and, and I've got I've got a good example of that. One player for me who I really thought was going to grab the uh, ball by the horn, so to speak, and go on to become potentially one of the greatest ever English strikers. From what I saw of him at youth team level, was James Wilson. Yes, just yes. everything about him. He just yeah. reminded me so much of Michael Owen. Everything yeah. about him. And I was convinced in in the modern day when he was breaking through, he could easily bag 30, 40 goals a season. Like that good. And, yeah. and, and I felt like his whole career was gone. He's still yeah. only 25 and still trying to yeah. make a career for himself out there. Well, he's down Bonkers, at isn't it? Salford in, in he the is, fourth, isn't he? Yeah. fourth division. He went up to Scotland and couldn't, you know, I mean, I'm not calling the Scottish League, but there's only one or two teams in the Scottish League and he couldn't even get loads of goals up there. And you're right that there's, some things go right for you and something go wrong. And, and like with the Keens, it's just gone so right for the defensive one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Key went on to Burnley, did well, went on to Everton. He's scoring goals, playing for England, you know, playing for good teams now. And Michael Keane's down at, at uh, Will Keane's down at Wigan. Or if he's still there. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if he's yeah. still Who knows? there anymore. Who, Who knows? knows? He's gone down to third, fourth division team and where one's playing for England at the next international side thing. And, yeah. and that shows how much, you know, we all know because I don't think anybody would have predicted that. And, and we've no. had we've had players that we, we think will do well. I mean, Ralph Morrison, you know, I mean, what a star he was, you know. And, uh, you know, I saw the best and the worst of him, you know, at uh, the best when he was on a football pitch and then the worst of him once at halftime when he was riding his bike they came with all these mates and they were um riding the bikes making marks on the football pitch with his mates and uh you know he, he was obviously i think i read something did he say if he could change his life he'd change 90 percent of it yeah yeah uh, and it, yeah that just shows that there are people head on shoulders and luck and very good management. You know, it needs the coaches and all that. And you need a bit of luck because, I mean, as I say, if Haaland does come to United and just like most other people would say, I'd love him to come here. But it's not assuming that he's going to come because, I mean, he's basically, he's scoring so many goals now if he wants to move. And it's, he's got that daft agent, hasn't he? And if he does want to move, he's got the pick of the clubs. He could go, you know, if he thinks, mm-hmm. well, you know, if I could go to City and get, you know, in the city team because they're looking for a centre forward, and he bagged lots of goals for them. So uh, 
Yeah, I definitely rather sure. he comes to us and goes over to City for hundred percent. But I also think if we don't get him, that's the opportunity. <laughs> that's the if we don't get him, that's the opportunity for us to put faith yeah, in Mason yeah. Greenwood and go. You're yeah. our number nine yeah. now. You've had yeah. long enough. Let's get you in the first team. And and I yeah. think we, we've got to do that at some point. Otherwise, he's never going to be able to home his position. As I say now, you watch Marcus Rashford play as a number nine. He came through all levels as, as a number nine. He played on the wing sometimes, but but mainly played up top. You play him up front now, he looks lost because he's used to doing that job out wide. We don't want to take that raw striker's yeah. instinct away from Greenwood because we're giving him too many jobs on that right-hand side. So there has to come a point. At some point, we have to tell him what he is and we have to get him in that position. And I think if we don't get Haaland, that's potentially the time. Anyway, yeah. let's move on from Greenwood. Happy to see him. He's one of our own signing. I want own. to talk about some of, some more that are in the youth ranks. But before I do, guys, if you're watching anywhere that's not our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash all for United, come and post something in the live chat now and I'll give you a shout out. Um, hello to Thomas. Hello to Reese. Hello to Brendan. Uh, Barry is on with us, Peter. I know you love Barry. He's called you a legend in the live chat. Um, hello to who else have we got here? Uh, hello to Maiba as well, and hello to John Gray as well. Peter, do you know John Gray? He says he knows you. Probably. I, I oh, no, Henry. 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 <laughs> John Gray knows Henry, not not you, Peter. Oh, nice. Sorry, I got that wrong. No, I, 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 reckon, I think I recognise the name for a few live chats uh, as of previous. I think so. I just assume that everyone's a big fan of Peter and not a fan of no, me. No, and you. No, 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 <laughs> just fellow Reds, but when you, go, when you go to the match and you see people and, you, you know, I'm walking down Tesco sometimes and somebody will say, hiya. I'll go, hello. My wife will say, who's that? So a regular away fan. And that's all I'll know. You know, you see them um, at, at a lot of aways. You know, faces stand out rather than names. Mm. Peter, Peter, can I ask you, is the most asked question that you that you receive is where's your flag? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, oh, we've uh, had that twice in the chat already. <laughs> <laughs> My flag somewhere. Fold, I was going to say... Uh, I go down to Lee and stick it up there for the under twenty threes, but because uh, they're very, very nice and let me go down there. But um, other games, uh, you can't. I'm re- something, nothing to do with this chat. Is it's as a, a match going fan who um, tries to go to. You know, now when I'm retired, I can go to as many football matches as I like. And I, you know, I mean, somebody just said the other day it was Valentine's Day, and one of the other lads on our minibus, the a, a United. Um, youth team went up to Glasgow um, to to play Rangers in just in a friendly, and we took a minibus up there, and, and uh, about twelve of us went up there. And my wife was sort of saying, "What's what's what are we doing for Valentine's Day?" I said, "I'm going to watch United in Scotland," you know. And that <laughs> what a great day! What a great day that we had, you know. And I'll do that, and I'll I just love doing that. And we've now gone eleven, but my last game I saw um, live was a uh, we played City on the Sunday. And then we played Everton on the Monday. It was under 18s, I think, under 23s, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And 11 months, and it, it's so depressing. I don't particularly like watching football on the telly. And I'm just missing it so much, just like there's many thousands, you know. I mean, people were there, um, press were at the last couple of games saying, oh, it's freezing here, all you people at home in the warmth. And I just shout back at the telly, I'll swap you anytime, you know, whatever the weather is, I'll swap you. You know, there's hundreds of journalists all at these games and complaining it's cold, you know, and we're, you know, some Exeter journalists I saw complained that she'd had to travel all the way up to Barrow and it, and the game was called off when she got there and she was absolutely fuming about it. And I thought, I'd swap you. You know, I want to see live football. That's if the... there's any press out there that, that yeah. hates the cold, hates going yeah. to games, give Peter your press pass because yeah. he'll be well up for covering the game. Right, well can. up for yeah. it. Any, any year, um, that's right. I want to talk about our academy. I want to I want to touch right. on that because, Peter, I know you've seen a lot of academy games, but I just want to start first of all because we've only seen glim- glimpses of him so far since he's come in. Uh, Henry, I'll come to you first on, on your first impressions. We'll, we'll get to the boys who have actually come through the academy in just a sec, but just first impressions and really briefly, Henry, on, on Ahmad Diallo. I know Peter's actually watched him play fully in the first couple of games. Uh, what's been oh. your take of his... Um, oh, have you not seen him? <laughs> only on the telly. Oh yeah, well you know what I mean. Um, Henry, uh, what what have you made of his of his of his start in a, in a United shirt, albeit under twenty three level? No, I think it's been really really encouraging and, and impressive to be honest. You know, I haven't seen uh, bags of him, you know, but I've seen I've seen sort of clips here and there, and you know, obviously the 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 uh, performance against Liverpool has obviously been you know got a lot of you know clicks and views and been sort of doing the rounds um, here and there all over social media, and I think you know everyone you know I think that's a testament to to the excitement that we've got about this lad, you know. When he came in on deadline day, it was a bit sort of, I think, 
unfortunate for him in a sense because you know there was always that underlying expectation from United fans of, of Jaden Sancho arriving, um, which obviously didn't come to fruition. And then and then sort of Faku Palestri and, and and Diallo come in. I think you know Cavani took a lot of took a lot of the brunt of it as well because he got the seven shot. I mean, there was a lot of negativity around that time, but I think you know quite quickly after that, I think you know a lot of people started to do a bit more research on the lad and started to you know watch clips of him in videos and started to realize you know this is a this is a very very good young talent we've got on our hands now you know uh, something someone we should start to sort of get a bit excited about and obviously the money involved you know the united have obviously seen something in him you know and you can say you know there are big money signings that go wrong but this yeah. you know all the signs from you know what we've seen of him at atalanta point towards him being very good and obviously he didn't play loads at atalanta you know he's sort of played a bit part role in their squad you know you know, as I was saying, I, I don't think that's a negative thing at all. I think, you know, that's the best way to bed youth players in for me. I think, you know, sometimes too much responsibility can um, can sort of blow them away a bit. And, you know, we've already talked spoke there about a couple of players, that sort of the, the responsibility and the sort of the talent they had, they couldn't sort of deal with it or, or sort of struggled um, with external sort of uh, factors. You know, Robert Morris and the perfect example. But, yeah, no, I think, you know, what I've seen with him, I think I'm, I'm really impressed, you know, obviously, someone that can play on the right and cut in onto the left is something we massively lack at the football club and obviously something that Greenwood's been somewhat shoehorned into and you know, you know Diallo would be so perfect if, if he can sort of mature and actually become a first team player in that spot and, and we can sort of avoid going and spending 100 million on Sancho uh, but we'll have, we'll have to see sort of how he develops obviously as I said didn't play loads at Atalanta got to be careful how we're using at United um, still very young but I think you know we've seen you know obviously the Palenka penalty against Liverpool a bit of swagger a bit of confidence always good to see from a youth player but yeah I think everything that I've seen seen of him so far is is positive and um, yeah I don't think there's anything negative about having having a sort of a talent of that stature on our hands uh, at the youth level I'm going to ask you all the questions as well after you've given your thoughts on, on particular players. I'm going to ask this question as a blanket question because I think it would give us a good sort of gauge to see where they're at at the moment. Um, uh, so, Henry, what do you think? Do you, do you, do you just, yes, yes or no, if you want to, you don't have to over-elaborate. Do you think we'll see Amadiello in the first team this year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think we will. I think we will. I'm not sure what kind of game it will be in or what context um, or whether it will be, you know, a substitute appearance or a start, but I think, you know, we've got Europa League games, we've got you know, we've still got the FA Cup. You know, those games are getting bigger in magnitude as the round's gone, obviously. But yeah, I, I'd I'd say uh, without elaborating too much, I think yeah, I think we definitely see him. Whether that's a bit part role or how many minutes, I'm not sure. Peter, you see many players come into the club, especially young players, and play uh, maybe a, a level below where they they potentially should be to start off with to get used to the culture, to get used to the the, the club. What have you made your first impressions of of Ahmad Diallo? Is there a star in there? Do you think? Well, I think that a lot of people are are wanting him to. Game be in the first team before I reckon he's probably ready for the first team is mm. 18 years old right? however good he is right I mean it's great to have you a Ronaldo back in here at, at that age but he's 18 year old come from a French speaking African country gone to an Italian speaking club right so he probably doesn't speak English right? he's now in a bubble whatever it is with the first team but playing without even meeting the players from the under-23s. So I think we've got to give him the benefit of the thing that things aren't good for him at the moment. And yet that performance against Liverpool, um, three, no, was it Liverpool? He's two good performances. I don't know how many. He scored two goals, has he, or three goals, and he's had quite a few assists as well. And this is playing with players that he's not even training with because he's training with the first-team bubble. So, yes, I, I think he'll come. I don't want him rushed in, because at the moment, I do think, like a lot of play, lots of things, Twitter and Instagram and Facebooks and all this, like, people want him in, and they're desperate for him to be starting against the next game, you know, whoever, you know, the FA Cup or the Europa, which I want us to win one of those. I'd rather win a trophy and you know, and finishing the top four for next season. But I really do want to win a trophy. So I don't think uh, Ollie should be putting um, very weakened teams like, you know, like what we'd qualified and we played a standard and every, mm -hmm. the whole 15-man squad was uh, completely different. But it must be really, you know, this COVID stuff, it must be really difficult for him to connect with the, the other uh, players. I mean, he got given that penalty, which was... You know, I just rolled with laughter when he scored it. You know, he, he ran up and dinked it down the middle and the goalkeeper went. And then where, I think a lot of people have 
misunderstood the quote from Ollie when somebody asked him about Diallo. He straight away took the pressure off Diallo and started talking about uh, Joe scoring the four goals. And Joe could have, Hugill could have got the fifth goal, right? But Ollie said that in the press. Oh, he said, I wonder why Joe didn't take it, didn't get the fifth goal. Well, that was, I think, taking the pressure off uh, Diallo that people mm-hmm. uh, expected it. But Joe said, well, I've never even met the guy before because we're in different bubbles. The first time we've seen him is when he, you know, we can't even get changed in the same dressing room. So they come on the pitch together and he's already got one, two, three, four. And uh, when the first penalty came up, I think he wanted to take it, being a, a first-teamer now. And Joe Hugill's only a youth team player. So Joe takes takes the penalty, scores. We get up to the sixth goal. And then he said, well, you can have this one now, which is very strange because normally the penalty taker is the penalty taker and you don't mess about. But um, I do th- want to see him as early as possible, but I don't want him pushed in and have a not good game. Right? I'm not saying a bad game, but just not do much. Come in for the last 10 minutes of a game and... You know, get your three out of ten on the how did the player play at the end of the thing, dent his confidence, and then social media will say, Oh, look at him, he's not a 20 goal every game bloke. You know, I mean, give him time. He's such a young kid in a completely strange place that's training with one team, playing for another team that he's not training with. But I've got high hopes for him. Yeah, He also has a big price tag on his head as well, which obviously doesn't help any player at such a young age. But let's hope, fingers crossed, it's it's a good first impression. Peter, Can we just say about this price tag? What what was the price tag? You were saying it's like 39 million or something. So I I think it's rising to 38. I think the initial fee is 38. Now, I hope we have to pay the 38 million because I'm sure (laughs) it's, it's half of that. And the rest of it is on appearances, and Bellon doors and Champions Leagues and you know let's hope he does get three Bellon doors and let's hope he does win the Champions League four times and we have to pay the full forty five million for him because you know yeah. it's not thirty nine million up front and and we lose the lot if he's a flop is it you United know, like that. United love that um, we'll give you an extra five to ten million if he wins the Bellon door we yeah. we love that little agreement that we chuck into the young lads yeah. and as you say I'd rather pay it than not um, I want to yeah. talk about two young midfielders now Peter in the under 23s I'm probably going to absolutely butcher their names because uh, I know one young lad uh, did we pronounce it Perigmal Perigmal who I've seen play yeah. a few times I think yeah. is sensational um, and Hannibal Medry who's just different gravy um, tell us a little bit about how those two have come on this well, season well, Hannibal is is my favourite. Now, the other day, I don't know whether I read it or heard it in commentary, but somebody called him the, P, the, the Jack Grealish of PL2. And I thought that's a perfect description of him. I mean, I'd love Jack Grealish at Old Trafford, but he's not, so let's forget him. But Hannibal, uh, the, other, the other night, me and, and uh, another friend who was watching it, we said, right, we're going to count his, his, how many times he's hacked down because the, the game before, for the last one, it must have been 15 times, and he gets so frustrated about being hacked down all the time. He then gets booked by shouting at the referee to say what's going on, and every single team seems to um, pick on him deliberately, you know, because they know that he's the the creator of a lot of things. I'm really hopeful, and I really want to see him. And it's the same as Chong. I wanted to see Chong make it. I still do, but Hannibal's the, the next one through. And, you know, he creates so much. He's, you know, he, he just drops a shoulder and goes the other way. He's a really, really good player. And we played Leeds in a, um, a youth cup match at, uh, at Old Trafford, it was. And Leeds, they brought a couple of thousand fans, which is unusual for them. But I just think it was because they were playing United. United had quite a lot of thousand fans down the... Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson stand and Leeds had that. And right from the start, they were booing him, right? And so even the Leeds fans must have known about him to start giving some youth player a lot of stick mm-hmm. in the beginning. And they were Leeds were absolutely clogging him all the time. And every club's doing it. And this last match he played before, you know, the penultimate match, he got clogged so many times. We just said, right, we're going to count how many times he got fouled. And, and he went down... In the, in the very last match he played and bounced on the ball in the very cold weather and he, he's done his shoulder in so he got subbed after about 20 minutes so the count was off then but I really do hope and want him to be 
a first team player and that I've got so much hope for him. And uh, what, what about Puigmal? Well, he's he's as good. Uh, there's so many, you know, he's another player that could make it, but there's players above him, I think, in a, in a similar position. We've got Garner, right? And, and Garner, to me, looked good last year and the year before. And I thought he's going to be a first teamer, but he's gone out, not done very well at Watford, but I've read his. Played three or four games for Brilliant Notts Forest. Forest now. Yeah, I've been speaking to my mate who's a. Two, I was speaking to my mate times, Peter, yeah. who's a Forest fan, who said that he's he's just so impressed with James yeah. Garner. They cannot believe how good he is, and that you know, if United don't want him at the end of the season, they'll take him. That was, honestly, that's right. But there's phenomenal. a few there's a few midfield players. When we went to that tournament for the Europa at the end of last year, mm-hmm. uh, you think Albraith was taken. He was mm-hmm. part of the. Uh, the bubble or whatever they want to call it, that went out there. They didn't get any games, but he was mm-hmm. part of it. So there's so many midfielders coming through, but they're all, you know, very young. I mean, uh, like Chong, he's 21 now, and he's had a, he's sort of gone, and if he's not going to make it, he's not going to make it. I, I'm still there, but somebody like Hannibal, mm-hmm. but I, and I'm not exactly sure how old Hannibal is, but I reckon he's, just is he just 17 or just 18 something like that he's uh, he is just 18, 18 yeah he's 18, 18 a couple of days ago yeah so he was at the start of this, uh, 17 you know he, he should be playing in the under 18s but he's mm-hmm. ripping it up for the under 23s mm-hmm. and the under 18s are top of the league the under 23s are now up to about fourth mm-hmm. the first team are up to about wherever we are second so you know things are looking up for us but I, I really do hope Hannibal in particular. I mean, I hope any of them do well. Um, but I do think he's got he's got something special about him that uh, yeah. um, people look up to. But he's got to get protection from these uh, mm-hmm. league, you know, Premier League Two referees because I think United made a bit of a statement the other day about it for referees to to start looking a bit more because they they wave they wave it on and you know I mean I don't know penalties he's he's brought for United's. Uh, 23s, but they do uh, pick on him, and uh, I don't, th- you know, is is not, you know, like Grealish. I mean, Grealish had far more fouls than anybody else, and people say he dives. So I thought, well, he, he might get down early, but they're not dives. Everybody's just kicking him. So, <laughs> um, Henry, I think it's really important what Peter's saying there that the, the big peripheral talent that we've got coming through the pool, not just in the under 23s, the 18s, but also out on loan, are talented midfielders and especially players there maybe who could come in and do a job as a backup option to Bruno Fernandes. Now you've got Van der Beek, who question marks are still being raised about him by some people. Uh, people still on the fence at whether Fred and McTominay are potentially good enough. I'm just saying what other people are saying. I'm not saying these are my thoughts. Uh, but when we've got a peripheral talent like Garner, Brigmel, Medjury, like knocking on the door, that's a a good thing isn't it for us it puts us in good stead because it means we can bring through our own and not necessarily necessarily have to go into the market to replace every single player yeah i think i think absolutely i think you know that's always as i've already said you know that's something you know it's, it's obviously tied to the history of united and something we've always liked to do and i think you know if, if the sort of the talent is is good enough then then i think you know that there's no reason why not to to bring them through you know if, if you're good enough you're old enough there's the old sort of saying the old saying goes. I think you know we've seen this season what competition can do for for players. I mean, Luke Shaw I think is a fantastic example. You know, if someone told you this time last year that Alex Tellez would be at Manchester United sort of next year and and he'd be being kept out the team by Luke Shaw, you'd have been absolutely baffled by what you're being told. You know, but but the signing of Tellez has pushed Shaw to new levels. He's obviously been absolutely magnificent. I think that's that's the positive of having depth in all in all walks, you know, and, and youth does offer depth. You know, that's one of the one of the good things about young players. You know, they might be first team players straight away, but they're always there. They're on the fringes, they're on the bench. They're you know they're present in training, some of them as, as we've already said. Um and pushing those first team players to do better. And, and you know that some of those sort of more senior players, as you say, you know, Fred and etc. We'll we'll just be checking their shoulders to see, you know, who who's coming up. Am I is my position in trouble? Am I gonna have to up my game a bit here? Uh, and you know, you know, James Garner's a good example of that, you know, player as you said, Watford, um, you know, I think they I think they were quite positive about him in the early stages, and then you know, apparently, you know, didn't do as well. You know, I can't say they, what, cha- they changed managers, didn't they? And then new yeah. manager didn't play him. That was the, a problem there. But, uh, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. So, so obviously, yeah, patchy in, in that sense. And obviously now if he can hit form at Forest, I mean, 
I mean, that's brilliant. The championship, you know, the physicality and, and how sort of competitive that league is. You know, if he can perform there, I mean, that's a massive plus for a player. Um, so I think that that's, um, I think Watford was a good move. And obviously, as you've said, the instability of managers, etc., didn't really benefit him. Hopefully he can be, become a bit more sort of stable at, at Forest. Um, and, you know, you know, Mengi's at Derby as well. You know, those sort of loan moves, I think, are good. And someone said in the comments, you know, there's been a few loan moves that have gone astray. And I do agree with that, to be fair. I think there's a couple that haven't been, absolutely sort of fantastic but I think I think that those sort of ones are great you know championship I think is a great place for a sort of player to, to sort of apply their trade um, I think in the past we've been abysmal at organising the right low moves for players mm. and the one that I always go back to is Wilfred Zahar to a relegation battle in Cardiff City I don't know yeah. how a player is meant to gain any confidence from going and playing for a team that's battered in relegation mm. um, and, and I think you're right I think you need to have a look at the manager so how does that manager trust bringing young players through? That club, they have a plan for the player, a plan to play him. For instance, Levitt went on loan to Charlton to get games, didn't get it. So now mm. he's gone out to a Croatian side, hasn't he? Um, I think we've seen a couple, as you said, Chong at Wolfsburg wasn't fancied either. Now he's gone to Bruges, he's starting games, although the Dutch are ripping him. I don't know why, but something's gone on there as well. Oh, um, so yeah, so I, I think it's like you say, if, 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 but I think that's where United have done well. And Ethan Laird's a prime example. Um, and and Mengi to, to Derby as well. Right, I think I think Mengi's going to be a big player and I, I yeah. like the way he's gone to Derby because I see Wayne Rooney knows what young players can be. You know, 16-year-old breaking through at Everton mm -hmm. and with his United hat on, even though he's Derby manager, I think he will try and help him as much as possible. I think mm -hmm. that's a great low move. He's, he's one of my um, defensive or my defensive hope for the future. Um, I mean, we've got centre-halves um, at the moment that don't fit in together at the first mm -hmm. team. I think Maguire is a right-sided centre-half playing in a left-sided centre-half, which mm -hmm. I don't think he had a brilliant game the other day when United were awful. And if Mengi can come in or other, you know, I just feel we need a, a fairly quick centre-half to mm -hmm. dovetail with... Um, you know, you've you got your Pallister and your Bruce, you, you know, completely different. So, you, your uh, Vidic and Ferdinand, you know, completely different styles. And I think you need that. Well, also, uh, Peter, you need to have players now in positions that you can build a team around. And I think United have Wambasaka, they've got Maguire, you've got Bruno, and you've got Rashford. And I think now the team has to be built to complement those players. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go as far as saying we've got Luke Shaw now, because Luke Shaw's on fan, some fantastic form. But you've got to really buy and have the players to complement each other. And, yeah. and, I, and this is where I do think, again, we're going to go so off topic here, which is why I do think that the goalkeeping situation is relevant because if United are going to play a high line, you've got to play a sweeper keeper or a keeper that's loud and can communicate with that defence. And I'm just not 100% sure that for as good as De Gea is as a shot stopper, the majority well, of times, and the seven is given to this club, I'm not 100% sure he's that type of keeper. He's definitely yeah. not an Addison and he's definitely not an Edison. Well, so the last, got... game, the last game, which uh, we got a point on, we were near the end at, at one time, United had 10 players in the 25 yards from goal and West Brom had 11 players and somebody hoofed it down and it sort of bounced in the centre circle. And because we're watching it on the telly, I, the first thing I said is, where's De Gea? De Gea should have yeah. been up by the edge of the centre circle. They were mad. Yeah. And the ball went all the way back and he picked it up in there. He was by He was in area. his box. He yeah. was in his box. Right? And... I do, you know, maybe it's because we're seeing a lot of these fly goalies that are so far yeah. out. And even when we played Everton, right, it was um, three two to us. Their goalkeeper was in our box when they put that ball through for that header. Mm -hmm. I don't know when the last time I saw De Gea in their box. I don't know when the last time I saw De Gea. Peter, he couldn't <laughs> win a header in the opposition's box. Come on. I don't know when the You're last time I saw him outside his six-yard box. I yeah. sometimes think, like, I'm, I'm not calling him because I think he's a fantastic goalkeeper. But mm -hmm. when they say... He's tied to his line, isn't he? He's, he's tied to the, the six... I, th I think somebody's taught him the six-yard box is the goalkeeping area, not the 18-yard box, because mm. he doesn't come out of the six-yard box. And I was so hoping that Dean Henderson was going to come in and do it. And the first league game we give him is let's play him against Sheffield United because yeah. he played there for two years. And right early on, he makes an absolute howler, right? Mm -hmm. Which last year when he played for Sheffield United, 
and led somewhere. He made one mistake in the whole season that led to a goal. Plays for United and in less than five minutes of the game, he's given a goal away. And if mm -hmm. he'd have had a storm of that game, I don't think we could have dropped him. So now mm -hmm. we've got the same thing is who is our number one goalkeeper? Do you know um, what, Peter? We can have that debate another day, shall we? Let's yeah, focus yeah, on the youth team. Yeah. We'll have to have it back on and have that conversation because it's a really interesting one. Um, which, And again, I do hope potentially it is Dean Henderson because, again, it's always nice to see a lad who's a massive United fan come through the ranks to Love actually it. take 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 that and, and make it his own. So fingers crossed. And again, you know, you're talking now, De Gea's coming to the end of his... Not, not not in that. So I'm not saying he's got two years left, but he's he's now at his peak. His ceiling isn't as high. Henderson can still learn and get better and add attributes yep. to his game. And you can only hope that behind the scenes we're developing him. Uh, I want to go for a couple more names, guys. So let's let's keep this brief because I know we're already nearly at the hour mark. Um, I'm going to butcher his name because I think we all found out when he signed the new contract. You don't pronounce his name. Show the shore tire. <laughs> That's not actually how you pronounce it. No. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to have a go, but I'm not brave enough. Uh, but Peter, you know who I'm talking about. I do. He may he, he made his debut 16 there. years old for the under 23s. No, you, no, oh, no. sorry, go on then. I was yeah, 16 years. His, his debut for the it was under 19s away, I think it was in Spain, and he was 14 or just 15. Well, there we and go. That shows the progression. Me, somebody told me his name, and I didn't even know how to write it, right? You know, on a, a Twitter feed or whatever. And I'm sure they said Shoritiri or something like that. Shoritiri. Right. And then, they, like the MUTV commentators have been calling him Shortire. And then, on the very last game we've seen, they've gone back to, they said they've met his family and they're saying it's Shoritiri or something, which it's uh, all spelt the same, but let's call him Shortire. Shoritiri, Henry. Yeah, that's who he is. Shoritiri, we know him. Yeah. But look, young lad, talking about ages and players breaking through. Shoritiri uh, is, is 18 years, 17 years old still. He's now playing for the under 23s. He signed, yeah, he signed a contract. He signed a new contract recently. He just 17. Just 17, yeah. That's right. Just I 17. Say, I thought it was still 16, but obviously if you can't sign a contract, Second, second of February, turned right. 17. So, so he's 17 years and a few a couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in September yeah. made his debut for the under-23s. Um, how excited are you about him? I see that he's been added to the Europa League B list for, for the squad right. today as well. He's training with right. the first team. Surely the sky's the limit for this lad. This, this, is, this is the next yeah. wonder kid. I think so. And the other day when he, he got his hat-trick, and not only did he get his hat-trick, all the three assists were Diallo. I thought, well, that could be, you know, because sometimes, you know, if two people can find some connection, right, they, you know, when they're training and that, I, I, I got to, I really do think he's going to be a good player. I really hope so. And uh, again, a bit of luck. It's, it was very small. Um, you know, whenever he needs to bulk up a bit, I've bulked up too much, but he could do with bulking up a bit. But I really is what one of my uh wants to be a, a first teamer, you know, a, a regular, not just a, a first team and get three appearances and one assist and be chipped onto the next division down or whatever. I, I really hope he's going to be one that's going to be there. And again, you need a bit of luck, don't you? You know, I mean, Rashford had all the luck to get into the first team that an injury in uh in kick in the warm-up sort of thing and a couple of players were out at the time that's the sort of luck you need and then go on to your first game get two goals in your first game two goals on your first league game two goals against liverpool and you know you're, you're up and running so um but shola shall to me or however you say it's your title <laughs> I, I honestly uh, believe, from what I've seen of him, I think he could be the next, the next Rashford or Greenwood. I think he's I, probably next yes. in line to have his opportunity, unless Amadiallo yes. really, yes. really yes. Sh shocks us yeah. all and breaks through to the first yeah. team. Um, him and Medbury especially. I think Shuratiri. I think the thing that he has naturally got over Diallo is a little <laughs> bit more height. Um, so maybe when it comes to dealing with the physicality of the league, maybe he's just slightly ahead there. Um, yeah. As you said, he needs to bulk out a bit more, but he's 17 years old. You don't know how he's going to have that growth spurt. Again, no. I'll go back to Scott McTominay. <laughs> like, Oh, my goodness. He just we, literally sprouted. Yeah, we were sat at the airport one day and the, the team came through and uh, a couple of them came over and spoke to us. And one was Scott McTominay. A friend of mine said to me, what's happened to you? Because we were looking up to him at six foot two or three or whatever. And when we were chatting to him after a youth team game and he was five foot five or something like that. And he really has bulked up and, and everything else. So you just don't know because at different ages people are having their growth spurts and, and when Scott McTominay was playing for the under 18s and then he was out for the best part of a year 
right? And United don't see, you know, your private medical records are your private medical. So they never said he's out because of his growth spurt. They just sort of went round it, didn't they? And then suddenly he's back. And uh, I mean, another one that's a big, a big lad and a big future for him. You know, I, I think he can play centre half and I think he can play attacking midfield as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Thierry, then one of the ones that Peter's sure most excited for, and also, yeah. and also, uh, Meshbury mentioned earlier on. Henry, well, you've heard a plethora of names. You've heard a load of names on the show here from Peter and from myself. Um, we haven't even hit into McNeil in the under 18s. That maybe no, will be well, a different show that we're focused on the under 18s. Um, but well, a very exciting talent. And Hugh Gill, we haven't even mentioned well, Hugh Gill. McNeil and Hugh Gill both came in, and it, it surprised me because they're give or take an odd month, they're both the same age. One came from City. And, and there's somebody said they scored 600 for City. I don't know what they're counting in training or whatever. One came from Sunderland. Now, Sunderland have got a really good academy. But for two seasons, they, they played something like 20 games over each season. And they won one out of about 40 type thing. And they were having some really poor results. And we nicked, bought whatever the word is, uh, Pai and Hugill, both from Sunderland. And... Imagine both McNeil and Hugel, and I don't know who's the better of them. One's striking for 18s and one's striking for the uh, 23s, but they're both 17. I mean, there's nobody in our under 23s that can't play for the under 18s at the moment. Every single player, you know, they are Galbraith or Stanley sort of thing, but the majority of them are all available for the under 18. So, you know, when the Youth Cup starts, if it starts, we've got a heck of a you know, if the club want to do that, you know, Diallo could play for them. I think even Mason Greenwood could play for them in the oh, yeah. Cup type thing, you know. So it depends on which way you want to go. Because I think I think as a United fan as well, Peter, and, and you'll probably echo this. I'm going to come over to Henry in a second. But actually, Henry, this is probably perfect for you. Just hearing all this, hearing the ages of these players that we're saying are the ones to watch and their opportunities, they've still got long, long careers ahead of them before they should even have any right to get into the first team at Manchester United. It just goes to show that even if we've got question marks at first team level about the way that we conduct our business, at youth level at the moment, we've done some fantastic business recently to build to build our academy to what it is at the moment. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you know that's that's one thing. You know, there's not there's not much we can sort of praise the board for in a lot of ways. And I know a lot of people sort of get their tails up about the, the first team business and the way that's sort of been handled over the years. And I think rightly so. You know, the incompetence is there for all to see. And I think you know I could sit here all day and go into the deals that have failed and the silly contracts that have been handed out, etc. But yeah, I think you know the, the youth team business is something that's really sort of improved as as times gone on. You know, so many signings in the summer. I couldn't list all the names. So I think you know Gerardo was one of them. You know, there's a couple of lads from Spain. I know. Um, him being one of them and, you know, a plethora of other signs, you know, Palestri and Diallo, you know, there's always, there's been this more sort of um, approach now, you know, obviously before the new Brexit rules come into play as well, signing some some foreign talent, you know, bringing them into the youth as well. And obviously, you know, there's always going to be fantastic homegrown players around uh, Manchester and Manchester United who, who want to play for the club. You know, we've seen that over the years, you know, there hasn't been many crops of, of, of years that I'd say there were, you know, not one player has made it through. There's always someone who comes through and plays a role, you know, as you say, we've got so many, you know, you can sort of look to, you know, as you say, Dean Henderson's come through and Rashford, Lingard, obviously out on loan at the minute. We'll see if he ever comes back to United doing well at West Ham though. So it's, uh, that's good to see for, for him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic. There's, there's absolutely nothing sort of, um, negative to say about it i was just going to say about uh uh shola i'm not going to say a sec i i would say it's short tire personally but uh <laughs> maybe obviously, um been been pronounced a different way uh but i was talking to last week on a podcast with a guy called harry brooks who's a who's a coach who he does one-to-one sessions with, with youth players and i asked him who he thought was the um the sort of the biggest young talent at United to look out for. He he did say uh, say Shorateri or Shortire. Uh, he he said that you know he he thinks he's the biggest talent. He said that he saw him play at an, an under twelve tournament you know years ago, um, and there were big clubs present like Bayern and, and all your European giants. And he said that you know he absolutely lit up the pitch and you know instantly was on his radar. And he said he's been sort of following him ever since, which I found interesting. You know that he was sort of um sort of earmarked by someone who's you know coached and understands you know the game from that sense. And you know that that's you know, really assuring to hear. And he's he's a Spurs fan as well. So he's not even a massive United fan, but he's had this lad on his on his radar for a long time. So yeah, I think you know the club has got to be praised with this sense. You know, we may have had some players that have, have sort of slipped through the cracks over the years. And you know, people say the Academy isn't quite what it was, but you know, there's still some top talents coming through. And I think we've got to be be positive and we've got to be ambitious and we've got to um got to support these lads who are coming through. And and you know, as you say, 
you know, the more homegrown talent in the, in the squad, you know, the better in a sense, because it's always nice to see, you know, this, these homegrown United fans from, from, from the sort of local areas coming through. A hundred percent. And long may the tradition continue. And I'm sure as Tom Clare would say, although it is the Busby way, we've got to go back to the Moojack. So do your research and go back and have a look at where the history at United started when it comes to the youth. I just wanted to point that out because if I didn't, Tom would give me a kick up the backside for not doing so. Uh, Guys, thank you for getting involved in the live chat. Make sure you hit subscribe to All for United. We do loads of content like this and and it's been a joy speaking to Peter today. Peter, you're getting a lot of praise in the comments from, from people who love you, including... Barry says, has sent me three messages to say, Ben, Ben, <laughs> can you please tell Peter is a legend and that I'll catch up with him soon. So there we go. You're going to have... Tell him we've still got his bedroom ready for when he comes over, you know. He can, <laughs> he can, stay, he can stay whenever he likes, you know. And yeah. I, he, as I said before, he posts all, all these programmes get sent over here, you know, because he can't come over now. You know, I don't know what it's going to be, but the pile Peter. of programmes that belongs to him. I don't Massive. know you put up with him. Strapping <laughs> <laughs> on, I'll tell guy, you. Yeah. He's a good, a good guy. He does a it's a Thursday. Barry, who we're talking about, Doc United will be on with me. Uh, him and him and Neil do every Thursday. Uh, tomorrow we've got a really really decent show coming for you as well. It's going to be an extra busy one as we look ahead. It's a tactical preview uh, as we look forward to obviously the game on Thursday night. And then on Friday, I know we've spoken about centre backs on this show today. Uh, we actually have a La Liga journalist joining us to talk about Jules Kunde and his rise over the past twelve months and why United should be looking to sign him in the summer. So make sure you join us for that uh we're gonna get out of here now um oh that's it tomorrow it's dale o'donnell from straight news and danny nardiello former united player joining oh, us on the show tomorrow to player, yeah. yeah and he's a cracking lad he talks so well about uh, i mean he's an ex-professional you expect him to but he talks so well on football and uses past experiences with everything he said which is is just fantastic value uh so guys subscribe to the channel youtube.com forward slash all for united listen to any of these shows back on a podcast platform of choice just search all for united united daily we're gonna get out here Thank you for joining us. Stay safe, guys, and we'll see you tomorrow. Ciao for now. Bye.